Again, welcome Daryl Updike to our pulpit this morning. Daryl. Thank you. Good morning. Is the microphone on? Thank you. The text for our consideration this morning comes from Ezekiel 37, verses 1 to 14. It can be found in your pew Bible on page 724. Ezekiel 37, verses 1 to 14. The Word of God says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall, you shall live And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. As I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied, and he, as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived, stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, These bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. And this is the word of God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We know it does not come back void. Lord, I ask that you open our ears, our eyes, our minds, and our hearts to receive what you have to say. May we come away from here forever changed, encouraged in Christ. And for those who don't know you yet, Lord, whose bones are dry, bring life to dry dead bones today. I pray all this in the saving name of Jesus. Amen. There's a common theme in many science fiction movies. It can be read in books. It can be seen in TV shows. It's told from old times to the present times. It's of the dead coming back to life. It seems that many popular cultures have this theme of the dead 
coming back to life. Perhaps they have an although corrupted sense that we will rise again. After all, the Bible does say God has placed eternity in our hearts. Although we are made in the image of God, our sin has corrupted what we know. And our sense of the dead coming back to life is often warped in the human telling of the stories. But God really, truly brings the dead to life. And he tells us how he does this in his word. So this morning we will look at Ezekiel 37 and we will see how God makes the dead live. Before we start, let's take a little look at the background of this prophet in the context of Ezekiel. He was a prophet called by God in the time when the people of God were in exile, taken into Babylon by the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar. This is around the year 597 B.C. And for the first half of the book of Ezekiel, the prophet speaks of the fall of Jerusalem. But from chapter 34 on, there is hope that he gives God's elect people that God told him to proclaim to his people. And the people of God had much in exile to be in turmoil over, being taken away from their homeland, being taken away from their place of worship. Many were without hope of ever returning. They felt cut off from God completely. Many find themselves even in exile in numerous sins. Idol worship was still a huge problem with the people of God. But God did not leave them without a voice. God did not leave them without a prophet. God would give them hope in his word. God would tell them, although they feel they are left for dead, he would give them life. And before we get into the main text, let's remember the the chapter before in Ezekiel 36, the promise of God to take a dead heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Ezekiel 36, 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you and give you a clean heart and cleanse you from your uncleanness, from your idols. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. God will do this not because the people in exile deserve it, but for his own namesake. These exiles had stony hearts, worshiping false gods, false idols, but they were crying out to God, to the living and true God. You can even say that their hearts were dead. They had hearts that did not direct worship to God, but to idols. This is what led them into exile in the first place. They did not obey God, and they were being put under covenant discipline. A question we can ask ourselves is, do we worship idols? Do you run to false gods? Do you, even as the people of God, still run away from him when he is applying discipline to us? I think we will find that we are much not different than the people in Ezekiel's time. But God here is telling his exiles people through the prophet that there is hope. God will not leave them to remain dead in the grave of exile. God speaking to Ezekiel in our passage today is showing him that God will act. He shows him their dead condition. He shows him that he will raise them and bring them out of their dead state. He shows them there's a future deliverance and resurrection. And this is not only true for the people in Ezekiel's time in exile, but it's also true for those people of God this very day. There are dry bones all around us. Can these dry bones live? We should answer as the prophet did, O Lord God, 
you know. So how does God bring dry, dead bones to life? As we walk through this text today, verse by verse, you will see that God calls a person to preach, and by the word of his power and the spirit of God, the dead are made alive. So let's start with verse 1. Verse 1 says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. God, who had already previously called Ezekiel as his prophet, takes Ezekiel and somehow transfers him into a valley. Most scholars say that this was a vision Ezekiel had, describing a vision, not an actual valley that he was in, but nonetheless, the hand of, the God, the hand of God was truly upon Ezekiel. What he saw was very real. He takes him into a valley, a very low place that is often referred to as not a good place to be in a valley. Think of Psalm 23 when David is in the valley of the shadow of death. That valley was not a great place for David to be in. But as David said, God is with him. And here in this valley, God is with Ezekiel. What does Ezekiel see in this valley? He sees that it is full of bones. Not one bone, not two bones, but very many. It was full of bones. Verse 2. And he led him around and among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. Nowadays, people who look to buy a house can often go online and they take a virtual tour. They see a video of the house they intend to buy. But this is not virtual. God has Ezekiel in this valley. God doesn't show him from a distance. He doesn't take him up to a high mountain to look down. He takes Ezekiel right into this valley to give him a full sensory experience of witnessing these bones. And what does he notice? There were very many. Again, not a few, not a half dozen. There were very many. Many bones scattered about as if there was a war, perhaps, or a catastrophic event. And they were very dry. Nothing on them. No blood, no muscle, no tissue, no moisture at all. They were very dry. This tells us that the bones were there for a long time. And they were on the surface. They were, they were exposed. These bones had been left out in the open. Perhaps they were picked apart by scavenging animals. Or perhaps, as one commentator pointed out, they are on the surface and not buried because they have not been, or because they have not been forgotten. Or maybe they just weren't properly buried or cared for in death. But in any case, God is showing Ezekiel that he has not forgotten these bones. And he has not forgotten his people. All these details Ezekiel sees right away. God brings him into this scene. Ezekiel sees all of this, and no doubt he remembered it for the rest of his life. Have you looked around the world lately? What do you see? Do you see real life? Often in this country, the media portrays everything as bad, as terrible. But there are some good things, some beautiful things that we see. Even in this state, we look out, we have beautiful beaches. We have beautiful mountains. We even have beautiful cities with great architecture. But who are on those beaches? Who's up in the mountains? Who's in those buildings? Are these people alive? Truly alive? Or are they dead? Verse 3. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered him, O Lord God, you know. What a question. Can these bones live? 
These bones are dry. These are just bones. They have no life in them. They're on the surface. And God asks Ezekiel if they can live. How would you answer this question if God asked you? How does Ezekiel answer this question? I'm not sure I would answer like the prophet did. He said, Oh Lord God, you know. Would Ezekiel, if he had said no, that they can't live, would that show his lack of faith? Would, if his answer was straight up yes, would that show his great faith? Or was the answer he gave really to avoid giving an answer at all? I believe that his answer did not presume, but trusted God to do what God said he would do. Can these bones live? Can your unbelieving neighbor live? Can your unbelieving spouse live? Can your unbelieving parent, sibling, friend, in-law, can that unbelieving politician live? These are questions we need to ask ourselves every day. And perhaps we do ask ourselves. We know unbelievers who we love dearly, yet they haven't come to Christ. They walk around dead in their sin. They are not alive. They may be physically alive, having a good time, but we want them to have true life, a life only found in Christ. So perhaps God continues to to ask us, can these bones live? May we answer, O Lord God, you know. Verse 4, Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Does God respond to Ezekiel by telling him to do a song and dance for these bones? Does he tell Ezekiel to go tell fun stories to these bones? No, God tells him to prophesy to the bones. Not tell them what the bones might want to hear, but prophesy to the bones. He tells him to preach to the bones. He tells Ezekiel exactly the message to say to the bones. Often in in many churches, especially in the West, we hear things said that God has not told his church or his ministers to say. The preaching of God's word is occasionally replaced with talks about movies, maybe motivational speaking, maybe panel discussions, and some of these things may have a place in the church. But we need to say what God has told us to say. Preaching. Preaching what God has told us to preach. To some, this may seem foolish. It may seem like the unbeliever won't believe if we just preach what God has told us to preach in his word. And this is something the Apostle Paul dealt with himself. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 21. The Apostle writes, Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. It was preaching the word in Ezekiel's day. And it is preaching today that God uses to bring the dead to life. And the message God tells us to proclaim often seems foolish to the unbelieving world. What God asked Ezekiel to proclaim to the dry bones can look very foolish. Verse 5. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Thus says the Lord God. When the prophet speaks, 
He does not utter his own message. He speaks the very word that God tells him to speak. He speaks on God's authority. As your pastors faithfully preach each Lord's Day, they are not speaking on their own behalf. They have been faithful in communion with God, studying and praying and seeking what God has to say to you. Here, Ezekiel is delivering a powerful message to the dry bones on the authority of God. And God tells these bones that they will live. They will live because God causes them to live. They will live because, and come together bone to bone, sinew to flesh, for the glory of God. He brings them to life so that they may know he is the Lord. Many walk around today and deny God. They are dead in their sin and they don't know the Lord. Brothers and sisters, you have been made alive to know the Lord. He made you alive so that you may know He is Lord. You may enter into His presence without fear of punishment. You may enter in His presence as He is a loving Father. He made you alive in Christ to be with Him forever. He crushed His own Son to bring you to Himself that you may know He is the Lord. What a crazy and amazing task Ezekiel is called to do here. And he does what he is told. And what is the result? Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound. Behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. What God had said would happen happened. Ezekiel heard a sound. Perhaps this was the beginning of the bones moving. And then he heard a rattling, bones coming together, sinews, and then flesh, and finally skin. What was once a valley of dry bones is now a valley of bodies. But something was missing. Something very important. There was no breath in them. There was no life in these these bodies. Some commentators say this is a prophecy of Israel's spiritual condition on the return from exile. When God had preserved them and restored them back to their land, they may only be bodies with no real love of God. They may offer sacrifice and prayers, yet their hearts may still be far from God and stony and dead. Could this be you? Could you come to church every Lord's Day, but do not truly know the Lord? Do you read your Bible and say prayers do things that look Christian, but truly you haven't been converted? Do you still have sin in your life that you know is sin, yet you continue to do it anyway? Not because you know God's grace, but because you love your sin and you're still dead in your sin. Are you a body with no breath, no spirit? Are you, as Jesus told his scribes and the Pharisees, they were whitewashed tomb with an outer appearance of beauty, but inside is full of dead man's bones. The bodies Ezekiel sees here are without spirit. And what does God tell Ezekiel to do next? Verse 9. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. And they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Verse 
first Ezekiel was to prophesy, to preach the dry bones. Now he is told to prophesy, to preach to the breath. He was to talk to the breath. He was basically to pray to the breath. Matthew Henry says of this passage, He must pray as he did so. And the dead bones were made to live in answer to prayer. For a spirit of life entered into them. See the efficacy of the word of prayer and the, necess- and the necessity of both for the raising of dead souls. God bids his ministers prophesy upon the, dre- the dry bones. Say unto them, live, yea. Say unto them, live. And they do as they are commanded, calling them again and again. O you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. But we call in vain. Still they are dead. Still they are very dry. We must therefore be in earnest with God in prayer for the working of the Spirit with his word. Come, O breath, and breathe on them. God's grace can save souls without our preaching, but our preaching cannot save them without God's grace. And that grace must be sought in prayer. As the people of God, we must earnestly pray. We must plead plead with God to send life into this lost, dead world. We must plead with the Spirit to come, enter our lost and our dead friends and family. It isn't just passing them on information about Jesus. We must pray with the Spirit that the Spirit would regenerate and give them a new heart. This we see the Lord tell Ezekiel to do, prophesy to the breath. The word breath here is the Hebrew word ruach. It's this very same word in Genesis that when it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit brings creation. The Spirit also brings recreation in us. We need the Spirit to bring new life. As, Nick, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again, unless they are born from above. We must be born again. You must be born again. And if you are a Christian today, you have been born again. You have been born from above The Spirit has brought your dry, dead bones to life as the breath did in Ezekiel's vision. If you are not a Christian, my continued prayer is that the Spirit of God will bring life into you. I pray that your heart is regenerated. I pray that your dry bones are brought to life, that you can trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. I pray that you believe he lived a perfect life for you. God commands you to live a perfect, righteous life, but you are a sinner. I pray that you believe he died a death on the cross that you deserve. I pray that you believe he was buried and is risen. He's ascended into heaven and he's coming again. Turn to Christ and live. Be born again. You must be born again. May the breath of God enter your dry, dead bones. Ezekiel prophesied to the breath and breath entered the bodies and they lived. A great army rose and lived and exceedingly great army. The many dry bones didn't just rise to do as they wished. They rose as an army ready to do the will of their king, the Lord God himself. They were enlisted into God's armies. Brothers and sisters, once again, God has breathed new life into you. You have been born from above. This new life you have is not for yourself, but it is to serve. To serve God. He calls us to live in new creation. We are made in in his image. We are made to glorify him and enjoy him forever. And in this new life, we are called to go out and fight. But the weapons of our warfare are not steel swords, but the word and the sword of the Spirit.
And although at times we may feel like there's not many with us, there is an exceedingly great army. And even if we look around and we don't see, again, many with us, God is with us. If God is with us, who can be against us? God has one more thing that he tells Ezekiel to prophesy. But before he tells him what to say next, God explains who this army is. Then he said to me, in verse 11, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, our hope is lost, we are indeed cut off. Let me remind you again where the house of Israel is at this part. They have been away in exile for many years. Although other prophets have shared messages of them returning to their homeland, they still have a feeling of being completely cut off. Lost, losing their hope of return to their homeland, losing their, their hope of return to God. They feel cut off from the Lord. Several years caused that in a land far from home, causing strife. Several years of loss for any of us can cause us to feel cut off from God. Maybe some of you here today feel God has left you. Maybe you feel God is not with you in your long times of trouble. But what does the Lord tell Ezekiel to say to the people? Let this bring you comfort. Verse 12, Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your land. And you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken. I will do it, declares the Lord. The Lord comforts his people. Under affliction and exile, they are feeling cut off. They are feeling left for dead. There are dry bones all around them. But God tells them he will open their graves. He reminds them that they are his people. Several times in scriptures, he says he will be their God and they will be his people. We see this covenant promise all the way back in Genesis to Abraham. I will be a God to you and to your children. God tells them here that he will put his spirit in them. Recalling the previous chapter again in chapter 36, when it says in verse 26, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove your heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I give you to your fathers. And you shall be my people and I will be your God. God is continually covered reminding his people, comforting them with his covenant reminders. He will be their God. They are in exile for their sins, yet God says he is still their God. I will ask you, are you feeling cut off from God? Are you feeling without hope, even as Christians, and lost? Are you at the point where you just can't take anymore? Are the troubles in this life beating you down? Maybe it's with a family member. Maybe it's with a friend. Maybe you have children that are going astray. But God's promises are where we are to look. He will be a God to you. You are his people in Christ. One of my favorite promises that Jesus says in John 16 comes from verse 33. And I said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus here is not saying that it's following him 
it's going to be all sunshine and rainbows. Jesus is not saying to, to, to us, following him, you will have your best life now. He promises we will have trouble, we will have tribulation. But he also promises that he has overcome the world. So in our trouble, in our tribulation, he has already overcome. Israel in exile had trouble, they had tribulation, but God has overcome those who carried them away into exile. God in Christ has overcome the world. He's overcome sin. He's overcome Satan. He's overcome death. This is all in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. In him we have hope. In him we have life. In him, Christ, we have resurrection. He is the resurrection and the life. The Lord says in verse 13, And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. God is the one, again, who raises the dead. He makes dry bones live. Not, this, not just those on the surface in the valley, but those who are in the grave. Jesus, with just a few words, says and raises Lazarus in John eleven forty three. When he said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. There was power to raise the dead in the word of God. And before he called out to Lazarus, he prayed and encouraged those around him. In John eleven forty, Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this, not on my account, but on the account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. By the word of his power... And the Spirit of God, the dead, are made alive. And finally, verse 14. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken. I will do it, declares the Lord. The Lord has spoken. He will do it. He has done it. Israel eventually returned to their land, as we see as we read Ezra and Nehemiah. They rebuilt the wall. They rebuilt the temple. Temple worship was back. But eventually, this too was destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans. There's an even even greater fulfillment of this passage, both for Jews and for us Gentiles. We can have our own land in the new heavens and the new earth, as Abraham was looking forward to a city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. We are citizens of that city, looking forward to its arrival. We can see it coming now because God has placed his spirit within us. We have been raised to new life. We have been born again from above. You must be born again. Maybe you're asking yourself, but when was I dead? Ephesians 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. This is every single human being. This is Jew. This is Gentile. This is every one of us. Dead, dry bones in our sins and trespasses. We have no spiritual life. We are the true walking dead. We, conti- we continue in our sin Because we love our sin. We love ourselves. We do many things just for the moment of pleasure we get. 
We may even at times get out of our state of depression by running to more vices and more programs. But in the end, that's just putting makeup on a dead corpse. The bones are still dry. They are still dead. But where is that hope? Where is the help? Who can save us from this body of death? Ephesians 2, verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and the kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, you were dead. God made you alive. He has raised us up with Christ and will raise our bodies with him when he returns. We will be resurrected to glory with him and have no troubles. We will have no more pain. We will have no more sorrow. We will have no more tears, no more suffering. And greatest of all, we will be with the Lord God forever. What a day. What a day to look forward to. And we can have that hope in that day because God has done it. Christ is risen. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. In that confession, we believe the promises of God. The Lord showed Ezekiel a valley of dry bones. He told him to prophesy to the bones. Ezekiel obeyed and the dry bones came together. They were now lifeless, spiritless bodies. God told Ezekiel to prophesy to the breath. He told him basically to pray to the Spirit of God. Ezekiel again obeyed and the Spirit brought life to these bones and raised these bodies an exceedingly great army. Brothers and sisters, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. From Genesis to Revelation, we see God speaking through prophets, apostles, a donkey, and now through Christ in the preaching of his word. God chooses to use people proclaiming his message through the power of the Spirit to bring the, li- bring the dead to life. The message that saves today is the same good news. Dry, dead bones can have eternal life in Jesus Christ. God in Christ became a man, taking on flesh. He lived a perfect, obedient life. Though he was tempted to sin as we are, he stayed faithful every second of his life, never faltering in word, thought, or deed. And then he was crucified as if he was a sinner. He was hung on a cross and he died. Brothers and sisters, he did that for you. Your sins placed on him. The death you deserve taken on himself. And now we may have life. And on the cross, he said, it is finished. To tell us die. It is done. It is paid in full. Then he was buried. And he rose again after three days, triumphing over sin, over death. And now he is ruling and reigning, ascended in heaven, seated at the right hand of God the Father. This is the message of life. This is what we must believe. This is the life where we find life in this message of the gospel. By the power of the Holy Spirit, that's what brings dead bones to life. A great army of bones comes to life by the word of his power when faithful people preach his word, share the gospel, pray. Oh, that God, if he hasn't yet, would grant you repentance today. Turning from your sin, 
and trusting in the finished work of Jesus. Christ has forgiveness for you today. You must be born again. Can these dry bones live? Oh God, you know. And we know as well because he has made these dry bones live. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you did not leave us where we were. We were dead in our sins. But you came and you sought us and you got us by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the word of your proclamation, our hearts were regenerated to new life. Just as in Ezekiel's day, it can happen now. So encourage us after hearing this message, Lord, may we go out knowing you deliver, you bring the dead to life. May we just be faithful in that, telling somebody of the good news, praying without ceasing that you will regenerate hearts and bring life to the dry, dead bones all around us. I thank you. I pray everything in the saving name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. As we continue our worship, may stand as we sing hymn 44, How Great Thou Art. Hymn 44, How Great Thou Art. <laughs>